and welcome to Literacy Matters. I'm your host, Cheryl Lundy-Swift. Today, I'm here with Patty McGee, author of Feedback That Moves Writers Forward and Writer's Workshop, Made Simple. You may know her as a traveling teacher. Welcome to the show, Patty. Thanks for having me. So happy to be here. Awesome. So I always start, Patty, to ask my guest to tell me about their literacy journey, and I'm going to do the same for you. Tell me about your literacy journey. Okay, so my literacy journey as an educator started about 27 years ago when I was a second year teacher and I took an after school workshop all about writers workshop and it just spoke to my heart. I was like, this is so different from the way that I learned and I can just see the possibility and potential that this approach has with students. And from there, that was just a snowball (laughs) in terms of rethinking all things literacy instruction. Um, So that's just years and years in the making. Uh, And then I've just had lots of different chances to continue to learn more, both as a classroom teacher, school librarian, staff developer for the area that I live in, and then just started to branch out. And I think of myself, yes, as a traveling teacher, but maybe I could also be a traveling learner because Mm -hmm. in every opportunity that I have the chance to work with educators across the country, I learn more. And I feel like I, I have in my mind and in my heart and even like sitting on my shoulders, the educators that have taught me uh, and that I feel I'm just like a representative of all of us together every time I have the chance to work with and serve, serve different districts. That's so awesome. So tell me what, so what do you do when you travel around to all of these wonderful classrooms around the country? Yeah. So it's the most wonderful part of it all. And it's all wonderful because um, professional study in a collaborative fashion um, where we come together as colleagues and reflect on our practice and think about places that we would like to grow and uh, continue our learning. Um, My favorite thing is to do something very similar to what doctors do. So the way that doctors study each other's medical like practices, where they might come in and examine a patient together and then debrief about it afterwards or um, watch a surgery or talk it through. In fact, there's many professions that do that. And I think educators um, find this really fulfilling as well. I know I do. So I'll often go into classrooms. Sometimes I'm demoing something that we have decided that we wanted to study together. Um, Sometimes I'm co-teaching. Sometimes I'm coaching. Um, Sometimes uh, we bookend that with just things that we want to learn together and debrief about it afterwards. So that's my favorite. While there's lots of other things that I get to do as a traveling teacher slash learner, that's my fave. Well, awesome. In your your books, you really talk about um, one really important aspect of teaching and learning, and that is the mini lesson. What is a mini lesson? 
Okay. So a mini lesson um, is the opposite of what I was doing that first year that I had learned about Writer's Workshop. <laughs> so my first year of learning about Writer's Workshop, I was so excited about the possibilities of things that I could teach that I took up virtually all of that, all of that workshop time teaching and reminding and listing out the things that I wanted kids to remember. And then I realized kids needed practice time. So whatever I was teaching, whether it was writing, reading, um, phonics, vocabulary, whatever, whatever it was that by teaching whole class the whole time, I ended up taking away the very precious and effective one-to-one -one and small group time um, that makes a huge difference in student learning. And so I had to find a way to compress the whole class lesson um, into something a little more bite-sized um, so that there was plenty of time for me to be able to be around the room, visit with students one-on-one -on -one and in small groups and be able to really give them the feedback that is the feedback that we know is the most effective kind, the one that's uh, basically formative assessment where we are looking at what students are doing, almost doing and not yet doing and making instructional choices on the spot right there. Um, that's actually Black and Williams work uh, has reminded us that we can double the rate of student learning when we're able to give formative assessment in that way. So we have to make our mini, our whole group lessons mini. Sure, sure. You know, and uh, when we say mini, how long is mini? Uh, so I would say that eventually we want to shoot for less than 10 minutes. But sure. if we are currently going like 25 minutes with our mini lessons, I think we just want to get incrementally shorter so sure. that it's, it's not like we have to be perfect at this. We just say, I want to leave more time in this literacy block to be able to give that small group and one-to-one -one instruction. And so we start to like chip away at the time my favorite way of chipping away at the time is to have a structure that I follow. Structure sure. just creates opportunity for the things that we want to be able to do in the classroom. So, you know, what you're describing really reminds me so much of our A to Z from Matt, Man and Me and phonics reading and me materials that were really uh, designed to be mini lesson and to be taught in small groups. So again, teachers can use that um, formative assessment to really uh, support students, but more importantly, that they get lots and lots of practice time, like meaningful practice, which I think is really important. Now you mentioned structure, what's a tried and true structure for a mini lesson? And um, does it really depend on the content? Like would math be different, for example, or would writing and reading be different? Yeah. Great question. So there are many different um, structures that are out there um, that we can draw upon. And my current favorite is in four parts. So I like to start off by sharing the goal or purpose of this mini lesson. My second part is I like to model a strategy for something that helps kids reach that goal. Mm -hmm. Then a quick time for students to practice that. And that's before they go off and do more independent work, just practice during the mini lesson and then send them off. 
So some people call that send off link. Some people call that send off release. I just think of send off, like off you go. <laughs> so those are my four, those are the four parts that I like to follow. Um, and honestly, they can be done in any content area. And I've, I've honestly even used this as a parent. So the big goal here is to put our dirty dishes in the dishwasher. Let me show you one way that we can put the cups in <laughs> carefully. <laughs> now you give it a try. Oh, so now every time you feel in, you bring your dirty dishes into the kitchen, it can go into the dishwasher. So we can honestly use this structure in any content area, in any literacy for sure, but in social studies, in science, in phys ed, in art, in, in just so many ways. It's just an easy structure to rely upon. And, you know, one little note I want to say about structure is teachers are making decisions constantly. Yeah. And making all of those decisions really does a number on our well being. So, mm -hmm. if we can lighten up our decisions a little bit and just have a go to structure that we follow, it's it just is one less thing we have to think about. Wow. It's that's so important, especially now as our teachers are feeling, you know, overwhelmed, right? And yeah. so, uh, and when we want to make sure that they are all, you know, mentally well to be able to yes. do this, you know, really complex, demanding, uh, sacred work. Yes. Now, so when we think about all of that thinking and those questions that we that we ask, I think about teachers during that planning planning time, right? Mm -hmm. So when you're thinking about really an effective mini lesson, what should teachers be thinking about mm -hmm. um, to be able to develop a really, really solid mini lesson? Yeah. So so let me just first like talk through a quick mini lesson on what it might sound like. Sure. Um, and then let me share with you like how I would have planned that out, if that sounds okay. That sounds perfect. Okay. So let's just say that um, we've taught a particular um, blend in phonics and sure. um, I'm doing a reading lesson and my students are using, um, let's say decodable text and a, a lot of them, hopefully, because we'll, they'll pick them up and read them and read some more. Um, I might start off by saying, so everyone today in phonics, there was something that we learned about um, this blend that I taught you. Um, and I wanna show you how you can use that in your reading today. Our big goal is to read the books with all of the skills that we know. I'm gonna show you one skill or one strategy that you could use. So I start off with the goal in that way. And then I have my own decodable and I model. So I'll say, notice in this decodable or in this book right here, I don't have to call it decodable, that's more of a teacher word. In this book right here, I'm going to read and then I'm going to show you how I read for that particular blend. So let's say the blend is like, I love the word blend. So how about BL? <laughs> um, and so when I get to that word, I'm going to notice it. I'm going to really say it very slowly. Then I'm going to say the whole word together watch me as I do that. And then I would show each step that I just said. Mm -hmm. After that, I'll repeat the steps. So what we did was when we were reading, using all the skills that we already know, but when I got to that new skill of that blend, I would stop, just pay attention to it a little bit more, read that word, 
slowly, read it quickly, and maybe even read the whole sentence again. Wow. Now you give it a try. And I might show, I might have a big book or project something where it has just a page of a decodable that includes skills that we've learned before and the new blend that we're teaching. Sure. And so this is the practice part of it. So students might then read it to themselves. And then I might ask them to turn to their partner and practice reading it together using the strategy I just modeled. Wow. And then finally, I would say um, for the send off. Okay, so your big job today is to read and to use all the things that you know about reading, including this new strategy when we come to that new blend that we've learned about. So that would be in a nutshell, what a mini lesson might sound like. Sure. Now my planning process, I don't execute in the same way. My planning process is actually starting at the practice step. I think to myself, what do I want the students to practice? So therefore, what do I need to have on hand? Well, I want them to practice reading this new blend. So I need a page of a book that has that blend in it with other words. We can't just have the blend by itself. It needs to be in there in sentences um, or you know, with the other skills that phonic skills that we know. And then I back up in my planning and think, what do I need to model so that kids can practice that? Mm -hmm. The reason I start with the practice and then go to the model is I used to start with the modeling and I would stuff my modeling full of every single thing that would come to my mind. And it just lost its effectiveness. It became really confusing for students. But if I know that I know what they're going to practice, I basically need to give them a model that looks just like what they're going to practice. Yes. And then I back up into how can I contextualize this by naming the purpose or the goal that this strategy fits with. So it just becomes like so much smoother when I go almost in the backward direction and then execute in that, you know, teach it in that forward direction. I love that. And, you know, and I'll tell you, I don't know if you've had a chance to even see our phonics reading and me materials yet, but you're, you're really talking about what we've already done. So in that nice. particular example, thinking about that um, L blend with, you know, mm -hmm. with uh, BL, mm -hmm. I think that, um, you know, we've already created those books uh, for you. So, which is really great because you do want them to right away um, practice that particular skill with connected text. That's, that's the key. That's what's going to make a difference. Now, what I noticed when you were sharing how you would actually uh, deliver this lesson was your language choice. And you talk about in your books, the importance of language choice. Um, tell us uh, about why that's important and and you know if you could even provide a more discrete example that would be awesome too sure so i don't know how many years ago it was but you know there's pivotal books in teaching careers right like you pick up a book and you're like oh my lord it just changed my thinking completely and that book was uh, for me there's many books but in terms of word choice um, it was Choice Words by Peter Johnston. Mm -hmm. And what he did was very simple, but incredibly powerful. He went into classrooms, he recorded what teachers said, the words that they used and the impact those words had 
on students showing up for learning. We know kids learn when they struggle with something. Struggle is part of learning. We call it productive struggle, right? Um, and the words we use help kids navigate that productive struggle, feel the support and the belief in them from their teachers when we're using particular words. So let me give you an example of a switch in words. Okay. Um, so I might say something like, let me give you a writing example now because I have just used a reading example um, yeah. in the mini lesson. So when I'm talking to students, um, I might name something that's strong about their writing. Perhaps the goal is we're revising. I'm, when I'm giving feedback, I could say something like, so in your piece, you revised by adding facts, but there are no examples or but examples also need to be included. That word, but tiny three little <laughs> three letter word <laughs> negates everything that came before it. So that strength that sounded like a strength that students can then own and build on, whether I say this whole class, small group or one-to-one, -one, that tiny word, but undoes all of the things we want kids to own and continue to use. Sure. So I like to use the, the phrasing that I've played around with instead is because you've used facts to revise, you're ready to use examples. Because you've used facts um, to revise, your next step is to use examples. Let me show you. Wow. Because yesterday's mini lesson was this, using um, this kind of blend, and we were using, we were reading that in our books. Today, you're ready for, so it's this invitational type of wording. Um, yeah and strength naming and I have, for lack of better words, strength strengthening. <laughs> so in that word choice, it just makes a, a world of difference in how kids show up to learn and see us in that learning with them. That's fantastic. So trading in the but for because, mm -hmm. right? I, I, I like that. Mm -hmm. uh, that's a, that's a, it is more inviting. I, I would definitely yeah. say that. Now, um, I'd love to know, you know, you've talked a, a lot about the goal and, um, and I, lo I love your examples of, of, the, of your modeling here. Um, how do you make it efficient and effective? Because you uh, about, so that means switching for some folks who've been doing this for a very long time um, and changing the, even the timing of, of their lessons. So yes. how do you make it more effective and more efficient? Yes, so the modeling in particular <laughs> is one of those things that I was talking about structure of a mini lesson. I found I even needed a tiny structure for modeling because I was doing things that I thought were modeling, but they weren't actually modeling. Hmm. Like for example, I would take a piece of my writing, something like this, okay. and I'd say, okay, what could I do to this piece to revise? That's actually an assessment. That's not modeling. Hmm. Modeling is watch me. Same thing in reading. So I can hold up a piece of text. I could hold up a book and want us to practice something. And I'd say, okay, so how might we infer on this page? 
that again is an assessment. <laughs> That's not a model. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking it was modeling the whole time. Yeah. So I was confused. Or I would do a litany of questions until they found the right answer. So I might say something like, how might I revise this? And they're like, um, add more words. Yeah, what else could I do? Because in my mind, I was thinking, adding yeah. um, explanations or something like that. So when they finally got to like explanations, I would say, yes, exactly. That's how you do it. And then there was no model. Like, and kids don't know, didn't know how we got there. And so it made them more dependent on me. I needed to be there to ask all the questions to lead to the final answer. Yeah. So those were some of the things that I found watered down my modeling. So instead, what I like to do is say the strategy. Here's what I'm going to teach you today. These are the steps. Show each step in my writing, my reading, my phonic, whatever, whatever it is, each step here were the steps that you just saw. Yeah. So say, show, say. Yes, 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 yes. I can't say that that really is at the heart of everything that we do at Learning Without Tears. It started with Dan Olson, our founder, who when we're thinking about like writing a letter, all eyes on me, watch me first. And of course you say it as you show them, for example, you know, magic sea up like a helicopter up <laughs> higher back down bump i just made a d and you want to talk about all of those parts you show them and and i think that's an interesting really way to think about it that maybe your people are thinking they're modeling when they're really not <laughs> that's a really yep. neat, re- really neat reflection there so thank you now when you know that that next step so imagine okay so you you know the, in the mini lesson you, you know, you shared the goal, you, you've kind of modeled for them and given them an opportunity, you kind of guided them through the practice, you know, what, how do we make sure that kids know, go, go on and like, can actually do that thing that we have taught yes. them, right? Yes. That's, that was for me as a teacher, that was always like, oh my God, are they going to be able to do it? Right. I think I've done yeah. a good job explaining it and telling them and showing it, but how do I make sure they're set up for success to do it on their own? Yes. So I have, I have like two things that I, I I have many things I'd like to say about that, but I'll keep them to two. (laughs) So the first thing is teacher mindset that when we are looking at a mini lesson, let's just think about like a metaphor here. Let's think about anybody who's ever seen or been part of a Zumba class. We have a Zumba instructor who is in the front probably a professional dancer by day, Zumba instructor by night. And then in your front row, you have their friends who are also professional dancers who when they see that dance move, they do it with flair and add like a backflip or something like that. (laughs) And then you've got your people in the middle of the room who do exactly step-by-step what that instructor showed. And then the people in the back of the room are just moving because that is the overall goal here is to get ourselves to move, right? So first we need to think about mini lessons in that way, that we're going to have front of the room kinds of interpretations of the mini lesson. Somebody's going to take that mini lesson strategy and do it with flair. Somebody's going to do it exactly like we showed it. And some kids are going to be just plugging ahead on reading, writing, whatever it is that we were focusing on. The bigger goal is to engage in the learning. 
Mm. So the other part of this, so we anticipate that we're going to have three Zumba categories in response to our mini lesson. Sure. And before we send students off to engage in whatever literacy we're asking them, specifically the act of reading and writing, because sometimes that isolated skill work is really more about just practicing that particular skill. But when we're looking for kids to synthesize those discrete skills into writing or reading, um, we set a larger goal for them. So sure. your big job today is to read and use all you know about your phonics skills. Today, your big job is to read, use phonics, and also to be able to read in your head really smoothly like we've practiced. So that it's, it's not just the mini lesson. The mini lesson is one way of reaching a bigger goal and that students are synthesizing what they've learned. Same thing with, so writers punctuate, let's say is a larger goal. Today I showed you how you can use um, commas in a series. And that's not the only punctuation you'll be using. Here's one thing that you can do as you focus on punctuation. So really giving kids a very explicit model, but also giving them enough choice and flexibility to be able to use other things. Yes. We can always give feedback on the mini lesson if we want to, but that doesn't, we can't guarantee that every student was ready for that strategy. There are some are in the back of the Zumba class. They sure. need a different strategy. So that's where we can then customize using formative assessment mm -hmm. and give feedback in small groups and one-to-one. -one. Absolutely. That's when we can create those additional flexible groupings, yes. provide some additional support. That is a fantastic way to think about instruction and all of the uh, diverse needs of students. Um, so I'll never look at Zumba the same way. And I... <laughs> And it's so interesting because I know I've been at the back of the room, in the middle of the room, haven't quite yet made it to the front of the room yet. But. <laughs> Me neither. Awesome. Well, Patty, thank you so much. It was an absolute pleasure to speak with you. We appreciate all of these strategies that we could use right away, um, you know, to really make our instruction even more effective in the classroom. Well, Thanks so much. My pleasure. Thank you for having me.